I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Canto by Dispatch. Today I'm Brittany and joining me today as always is my friend Emily Lind. Hi Emily. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Just finished up a, a nice hour run while watching uh, Gossip Girl because since the last time we have recorded a lot has happened. Where are you now? I just finished, I think the episode was called Grandfathered, where Nate accepts the internship from his grandfather to like work in an office or something. And him and Vanessa break up. And that breakup is celebrated by Nate showing up in Serena's room and her being like, oh, stay, Nate, when... Chuck was going to probably tell her those magical three words that she has been waiting to hear since she told him that in the beginning of this season. No, it was the end of... It, yeah, it was a couple episodes ago. It's all a blur now. Okay, so you're like near the end of season two already. Yes. Where are you? <laughs> I just watched the Bart Bass funeral episode. Oh, Wow. I was not expecting Bart Bass to go like that. Like, I was almost expecting, like, for us to see the car crash or something. Because, like, it was just one episode he was there and one episode he was gone. I, I think maybe they didn't have the budget to do a car crash. <laughs> Possibly. Because you, you never know. With this show, like, you could come up with 50 different scenarios and 49 of them are correct. So when Chuck was saying like that, oh, like you killed my dad, Rufus, I was almost thinking like, did Rufus really kill Bart? <laughs> like I was like for a second just thinking, what is the possibility of that happening of, you know, Rufus accidentally doing something and not telling anyone? But I mean, that's the same thing that Lily Bass did when she had their child at 19 and just decided to put it up for it. You know, it just it's, I I can't believe this show. And I can't believe that two seasons in, relationships have recycled, like, so much. It's like, I feel like I put all of these names in a hat, and I pull them out, and I'm like, all right, this is going to be the couple of the week. Yeah, I mean, 
I feel like by by the time you're at the place you are, Dan and Serena have broken up like five times. Oh my god, yeah, because they just broke up because Dan had sex with the teacher. And I mean, I knew it was going to happen from the start. From like the second that she pulled up at school, I'm like, this is going to be bad. Because Dan loves to do this thing where he makes everyone feel bad for their privilege, their actions, this or that. And then he goes around and does the same fucking thing they're doing. Like, he's just as bad as they are. And Jenny does that shit, too, sometimes. Like, they both are the most entitled assholes. Dan definitely is the classic uh, nice guy trademark thing, you know, like the, oh, why do girls always go with jerks when I'm just such a nice guy when he is like the biggest piece of shit on the show? He is. And he is worse than Chuck Bass. And the Geico lizard is, you know, a little slimy sometimes. But I think that the crown of the worst characters go to... Nate or not Nate um Dan and Jenny like the Humphrey kids like and it sucks because like Rufus is such a cool guy and unfortunately his kids just like don't listen or like don't learn from their mistakes because they're continuously doing shit yeah I feel like the reason they're so annoying as a po and while I can enjoy characters like Chuck and Blair who do terrible things is Chuck and Blair own their terribleness. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dan and Jenny all I see themselves as the nice people and the victims who are just like, you know, fighting against the evil rich kids. So I'm like, no, you're just as terrible as them. And that makes you not as fun because you're self-righteous. Yeah, like the... The plot line for a couple episodes when Jenny wanted to be emancipated, I think that was like the hardest for me to have to sit through because you get grungy Jenny with, you know, her hair all chopped in her face, like emo Jenny. And, you know, her roommate putting her clothes on fire because she went behind her back. Again, another thing that Jenny shouldn't have done. Like Jenny just continuously makes like all these mistakes and you're supposed to feel bad for her you know when she's sitting there crying or when she's homeless but you don't because she did all these things to herself and her dad's there being like I want you to come home I love you and she's just like oh you're just saying that to guilt me back in it's just it's like god damn it Jenny yeah she fucking blows and I the, the way I know that Jenny sucks is Jenny makes me actually like Vanessa in comparison like, the only time I ever care about Vanessa is when Jenny is being a bitch to her, and then I can be on Vanessa's side. Yeah, like, when they went to the ball, and Jenny gave her that see-through dress. Like, that was awful. Yeah. Jenny's the worst. Jenny's bad. Yeah, Vanessa's okay. Her and Nate just broke up. I mean, that's just such a weird pairing for me. I think part of the problem is... For the most part, Vanessa's really separated from everybody else's storylines since she's not, like, at school or anything. Yeah, so you can just, like, copy or paste her anywhere. I mean, I'm curious to see, like, if she goes to college. Because it was funny because I remember in season one, Nate really wanted to go to Dartmouth or something or Dart something with a D. Dartmouth. Dartmouth. And now he wants to go. Now everyone wants to go to Yale. I'm like, wow, that's a great great writing guys but 
I don't know how all this Yale stuff is going to work out. I love how Blair got the dog and then returned him as soon as she knew she wasn't going to Yale. Like, that's just the most Blair thing ever. But what a show. I mean, it's just it's funny because I know that Blair or that Serena and Chuck are never going to hook up. Like, that's the one that I 100% like I will put money down. I know that's never going to happen. But I'm curious to why out of all these episodes, why Vanessa and Dan like haven't hooked up yet? Because I mean, I'm waiting for it. It's probably going to happen because it's the most like no shit answer to like all of these kids you know if you pull their names out of the hat it's like well yeah I I saw this coming because he used to love her then she came back but then he was with Serena just all I think that they end up together in the books oh yeah I think I remember seeing that on Wikipedia but I am not entirely sure but no I think it's just because they're there's no conflict if they get together yeah so it's boring yeah but i'm glad that you're enjoying it so much and i enjoy getting your shock text messages about it i know i was i'm dealing with secondhand or not secondhand embarrassment i guess just embarrassment because i went to a birthday party last night And I was just so overly excited about Gossip Girl and it turned into me getting out my memory box and going through high school memories. Like, it was bad. I do do want to clarify, this was an online birthday party and not something you went to in person. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm not reckless. (laughs) It's funny how, like, normalized like that is where I'm just like, oh, yeah, I went to a birthday party, even though, like, in my head, like, I know that it was... Literally just on Skype or like on YouTube or something. And then we have to clarify, oh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't actual. Like I didn't go to like someone's party. I mean, I did technically, but I didn't like drive there. But I mean, that's the I think that's the blessing of like birthday parties like that is that you can just stay at home and be comfortable. Like I was just in pajama pants and it was very nice. Yeah, and that was for our friend Steele Saunders. Yeah, I hope he had a good birthday. It was entertaining. It was, I think it was like one of the most fun times I've ever had at a birthday celebration, you know, from getting, you're seeing Corey drunk to Haas's Kiati Mundi mask. Yeah, that was pretty horrifying. Uh, it's up. It's up on YouTube if you want to check it out. I mean, it's a little bit of a mess, but because there was a lot of people, um, I was on for a bit, but then my internet started to cut it and out, and I'm like, okay, this is a sign that I should just go to sleep. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I would definitely recommend uh, Skype birthday parties because it's a mess, but it's a fun mess. So, Emily, did you ever finish Gossip Girl? No. I think I maybe made it to, like, season four. Like, when I was looking at some of, like, the... Because like, the, I was just on Wikipedia, like, looking some stuff up. Because there is a 
girl Wikipedia that is fairly detailed. And that's around when I start not recognizing character names and stuff. Mm. Yeah, because once they all go to college, I feel like we're going to meet a lot of new people. Because I know right now, Carter was in this episode, which is Sebastian Stan's character. And there was like some little episodes with like little like tattoos and everything. I don't know where that's going, but it's weird because I remember um, it was like after the funeral episode and, you know, Blair talks to uh, Chuck's uncle and says, oh, like, don't tell him about New Year's. And I'm thinking, did they hook up on New Year's? But oh, my God, for a second, can we just say, like, fuck that guy? Holy shit. You have very strong opinions of these people. Oh, my God. Well, no, because he tried to assault Lily in the powder room. That was terrifying. Oh, my God. Yeah. They sent his ass back to Australia, but I think they should have put his ass in jail. (laughs) One thing that's interesting about this show is they do, like, bring people back a lot. Which I feel like a lot of shows like this don't do. Like, generally it'd be like like when Sebastian Stan's character is in like a couple episodes of Steven 1 and he causes him trouble and then he leaves. And I feel like a lot on a lot of these teen shows, you just never see that character again. Where he pops back up a couple of times and has like pretty big storylines. Yeah, I I love that. And it was funny because a couple episodes ago, like some drama happened on Gossip Girl and I was almost waiting for Georgina to come back because when I see like crazy shit happening, I think of Georgina after the end of season one. Man, that was a lot. Like Georgina did so much damage. Oh, just fucking wait, man. Oh, I can't wait to see what else she would do because she basically ruined... Dan and Serena's relationship but then like Dan kissed her and then like they slept they didn't actually like sleep together but you know Blair or Serena gets there and she's in Dan's house like I couldn't believe that when she went out of her way to go meet Dan and Vanessa and give a completely different name and story like that is some crazy shit I love it. It's so soap opera-y. Oh, my God. And I love how just everyone is always afraid to tell each other shit. Like, Serena just couldn't tell Dan, like, hey, something happened with Georgina. Um, I killed someone. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, that's not just a, hey, one time, like, she and I hooked up when we were drunk. Like, that's might maybe be a slightly different deal to tell somebody is, hey, I think I, you know, directly caused somebody's death when I was high off my fucking mind yeah and i mean she told that to dan like after everything happened and dan was still like an asshole about it like i think especially at that age you know you understand where someone's coming from or they're so hesitant to like share something like that but then dan goes out of his way and makes his mess even worse i don't know i think if if my girlfriend told me that when she had like the the summer before she had killed somebody, it might take me a couple days to get over it. I don't know. I mean, it, it it didn't take too long for them to recover after they found out that they shared a sibling. 
I don't know. I don't know. Like I was asking Carlos last night. I was like, how would you feel if we shared a, like a half sibling? He's like, what? He's like, honestly, <laughs> my relationship with somebody would end when I found out that our parents used to hook up. Like, it's just too weird. And in the beginning, when Serena was talking to her mom and say, don't do this because Dan and I are forever. And it just, that's not how it works. I don't know. That is some weird shit. Just your parent. But I mean, I almost wish that their parents would have been upfront with them in the beginning to save them some time and to save them some soap opery bullshit. You know, just to sit them down and be like, hey, like we used to date. I don't know if it's the best idea for you guys to date. Yeah, but then there's no show. I guess. But it just it's so funny how a lot of these instances could have been saved with a conversation like I've learned through this show that communication is so important because if we had communication like so many of these plot lines wouldn't exist and it just it's so funny just the excuses they come up with you know like with last episode when Vanessa was afraid that Nate's grandfather would pressure him to do all this legal or government shit and she's just like oh like he just got back with his grandfather like I don't want to ruin anything even though this is a bad idea and I'm just like well then tell him tell him what you're thinking just it's it's so high school and it's so dramatic I love it it's it's quite the show it is. I, I thank you for putting me in this mess because uh, it's been a fucking week. Let me tell you, like, oh, uh, I needed this. That's good. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, what did you think of WandaVision? I really liked it. I I saw some reviews or I heard that people didn't like it. And I mean, like, what's there not to like? Like, I loved this imaginary world and just like the weird like spots of color and, you know, not knowing exactly what that means yet. Like, I love I love the music. I think the people from Frozen like made all the songs and the music and everything. So, like, I think that's super cool. But I really like it. What about you? I fucking loved it. It's my favorite thing Marvel's done and I mean, pretty much forever. Uh, I mean, who knows? Because there's still a long way to go and like what ends up being going on in the end is going to affect my enjoyment of the show a lot, like overall. But for now, I'm just along for the ride. I love how committed they are to the sitcom format. And it doesn't feel like... It's not quite a parody of things like the Dick Van Dyke show and Bewitched, which is what these first two episodes are. It's more like they genuinely are episodes of those shows. Like that second episode, especially, it, the, you know, the plot line, if you take away the weirdness stuff in terms of like the ominous, we know she's in some sort of alternate reality or dream. Like the plot that she's going through is just, it is an episode of Bewitched. And I think I think that's a lot of it's a lot of fun. I like how committed they are to it while being really affectionate about it. And I think it is just the right amount of creepiness starting to come in. Um, 
I suspect we'll see more and more of that where the outside world reaching in is going to become more of the show and the sitcom element of it is going to to fade into the background. But for now, I'm just, I think it's great. I love that I have no idea what's going on. Um, there's a lot of fun Easter eggs to the point where I'm not sure if they are just Easter eggs and you're supposed to go, oh, that's a fun Marvel reference or if they're clues to what's happening within the show. And I think that's cool. And I just like that they're doing something so weird and different. Like so much of the Marvel stuff is all the same. Whether you like it or not is like a completely separate issue. But so much of it is just, hey, this is a Marvel superhero movie and this is the format that those movies use. And the show is so different. And I love that they went with something that's actually taking some risks it's something so different that from what they've done with you know all these action-packed jammed cgi movies and it's just so simple and so cute but incredibly creepy yeah um in the first episode that dinner party scene when when the boss's wife just just do it, it like gets stuck in that loop and she just can't stop it stop it stop it over again and i think at one point like her eyes go black it's really ugh, it's so creepy um and there's just all sorts of fun weirdness and now wanda's pregnant so that's another like fun thing and i i've always liked paul bettany I didn't realize how funny he was and he is hilarious on the show. Yeah, he's super funny and he's just so charming too. Like those scenes of him in his office, you know, saying how he has he has no skeleton and it just he's just so funny and it just looks like he doesn't even try. Like it just it's the the perfect amount of silly and she's adorable too. Like I loved her like little housewife, you know, forgetting an anniversary or something like I just think that the whole plot line was just so cute and I really like this show funny enough like I've heard nothing but great things but like my dad hated it because you know he grew up watching all these shows and he's just like this is just a copy of like what I was watching and I found that really interesting yeah (laughs) like he didn't get like the creepy parts or I don't know if he understood it yet but I'm really interested to see like what he thinks of like the next like couple episodes but it just it's so funny because like everyone in the house is like oh my god this is so good he's just like I hate it (laughs) I'm interested to see like what else shows they do I know from like some of the the trailer bits and then promo pictures, they eventually, like, they do one that is very much like Roseanne. But along the way, I'm, I'm interested to see what other, what other eras we get as we progress through this. Yeah, that's going to be fun seeing all the different eras. And it was funny, too, because the last episode, or the episode two, like, you hear the Beach Boys. And it's the Help Me Rhonda song. And it almost sounds like they're saying, Help Me Wanda. Like, it just, it's just little things like that. It just, it's so, it's so nuts. I, I loved the, um, the weird Stark Industries toaster commercial. <laughs> Where we've got the you got like the, the weird sounds and the only the only color you get is the red like glowing from that radiator. 
Yeah, I wonder what the colors mean. Well, that's because when she finds the, um, I can't remember whether it was a plane or a helicopter, but the little toy in the bush, it's like the Iron Man colors. And then it has the logo from from Sword, which in the comics is basically shield, but they deal with alien threats. And I'm not sure, and I'm wondering about this, whether that is actually going to, like, meaning that Sword has something to do with this show, or they're setting up Sword because they're doing that secret invasion show with with Fury and, and Talos. And that is, a, like, a more natural fit for Sword, I feel, than whatever's happening with Wanda. But either way, I'm I'm interested in it, and it's cool to see them bringing that in. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. Like thinking of how like how to like connect like all these shows because there's going to be a lot of these Marvel shows because I think the the Bucky the Bucky show I can't think of like what it's actually called Falcon and Falcon Winter and Winter Soldier is going to be starting in like the next couple months. I don't know what else is going to be starting. I know they're filming like Hawkeye. And I'm excited for Hawkeye. That should be interesting. Is um is Hawkeye actually going to be in it? Yes. Jeremy Renner's in the show. Um uh, I think I think most I don't know, this is a guess. It seems like there's gonna be a lot of focus on Kate Bishop, who he like who becomes Hawkeye herself and is like she's if in, in the book, she's in the Young Avengers. Hmm. And but I think it's going to be a lot of him training her. That's cool. I think I'm more excited to see what Mendo is going to do, though, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how far off we are on that one. And that one has the potential to to have a lot of impact on the Marvel, like, bigger universe. Because it does have the whole scroll invasion. Anybody could be, you know, a shape-shifting alien thing that we might see go into the movies and stuff but i do hope some of this stuff can just sort of be on its own like i know that wanda ties into dr strange they've said that already but i hope it's not something where the show can't exist on its own either like i hope it gets an end that is still an ending to the show even if it leads right up into dr strange i don't want it to be a thing where it's like a cliffhanger if you don't go and see the movie. Yeah, or do one of those, like, you have to read this or see this before you see the movie. Like, I just want to see the movie. Yeah, and I just, I, I, like, it's fine if they tie in, but they still need to be their own entities. And that's that's what worries me a little bit about this Marvel stuff. Yeah. And maybe why why the stuff that has me most excited is is things that seems like it could exist on its own more. Like the She-Hulk show. Which they've said is like a half hour legal comedy. Or I I feel like Hawkeye is going to be pretty separate from everything. You know, maybe some references here and there, but not in terms of this is something that, you know, they need to save the universe. I think it's going to be more like, hey, we need to save our neighborhood and this girl's becoming Hawkeye. Yeah. And one thing I was really surprised about was 
that because I didn't watch the episode until Friday night and that no one posted any spoilers on Twitter. Holy shit. <laughs> well, it's a hard show to spoil. Yeah. I, th- I I think later on we might get some cameos or something. And if, if that happens, it'll get spoiled right away. But what would have been a spoiler to have on Twitter? I mean, a picture of of uh, Vision swallowing some gum. I guess that's true. But I was just surprised of it was just like a normal day on social media. But maybe I'm just... Yeah. It's so surprised of actually like being on the site on the actual day of release because if it was the Mandalorian or something like Star Wars related, like the whole episode would be on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But speaking of Star Wars, I guess we do have some um Star Wars news. Um we are getting a open world Star Wars game from Ubisoft. Ubisoft, yeah. Um, yeah, so not EA. So it looks like this idea of Lucasfilm games, meaning other people are going to be able to use the license, is true. And yeah, a big open world um, game. You know, this is probably still at least, you know, I would say probably two or three years off given the lead time on video games, but I know there's a lot of people who have wanted that for a while. Yeah, that's that's super cool. I think that we need more games that don't have to do with like these intense like storylines or something like Battlefront where you do the same thing over and over again. Like I think something different in open world is like so cool. Like like a Star Wars Animal Crossing. Like that would be so cute. <laughs> and having something for everyone. Like we're getting the Star Wars like Lego game. Like the complete Skywalker saga soon. And I love that we're experimenting with just with different things. Like I feel like that's a good thing for Star Wars gaming to do is to. You know when you go to a party you don't bring like a fruit tray of just watermelon like you bring a fruit tray of like different fruits like there's like cantaloupe and there's melon there's strawberries there's you know cantaloupe is melon oh i know but there's like honeydew melon and then cantaloupe yes so I, I think that it, we're bringing a lot to this table, a lot of fruit, and I'm glad that we're trying all these different fruits and eating all these different fruits because I think that's, like, the best for Star Wars. I hope we get some smaller games out of it and just some, like, different stuff. I just want, like, a fun, like... I mean, I know... Well, Telltale exists, but isn't really Telltale anymore because all the people who made it Telltale have left and it's just they somebody has the name. But I would love like a story game where it's just a lot of making choices and pointing and clicking and much more on rails than it actually seems to be when you're playing it. But I like that shit. So like the one they did for the game uh, i mean the comic fables was really good and i think people liked the uh, walking dead one they did 
And I just, no, I just think it would be cool to have that for Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be so fun. Like, I love, like, games where, like, you create, you know, like Animal Crossing, where you, like, you create your own story, you create your own home. Like, there was this LucasArts game that came out, like, many, many years ago, and it was a game, like, where you made your own theme park, and, like, you created rides, and you, you were just in control and I think that'd be fun for Star Wars where, like, you can, like, build your own, like, rebel base or, I don't know, something where you're very hands-on. Like, I think that'd be so cute. And maybe I'm just reminiscing because, like, every now and then I want to play, like, old games you used to love as a kid. So maybe I just want to bust out that old game. But I don't know. I just, I think that it's cool that uh, Star Wars is branching off and not just sticking to EA for games. Like, I think that's so cool that Ubisoft is here to give us an open world experience yeah and i just i think it's it's good to have as many um people working on that shit as you can because then you get a variety of stuff and not just another battlefront game yeah like we we don't need that like rogue squadrons was fine jedi fallen order was fine like i like the story like i love the storylines of all these games but i just feel like they're just so similar and it's it's not my thing. And I feel like a lot of those things like fall into the same category. Like I want to be surprised by what Star Wars gaming like gives to us. So I think that they have the opportunity now to surprise us and to shock us and to maybe have us buy some of their games in the future. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm just never going to buy a, a first person shooter. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. I do. I don't like those games and Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of something, you know, in a couple of years. So who knows? But I'm actually interested in playing. Yeah, who knows? And what were we going to say? Oh, I was just going to say it'll be interesting to see what era it's in. It might be cool if it's like High Republic. Oh, that'd be so cool. Or like something that like starts in like High Republic area or like before and then, like, the end of the game, you get all the way to, like, the end of the Skywalker saga. Or, like, if if there's another... That's the thing with Star Wars is that, like, we don't know where it's going. We don't know if it's going, like, thousands of years back or thousands of years forward. So the game is just never going to end if we have one of those games where we start from the very beginning and end... I don't know. Yeah, I don't think that, that, that'd be... Um, that, that'd take more than a couple of years to develop, uh. I think. I don't think you're going to have a game cover quite that much material. Maybe. Well, it'll make a good panel at Star Wars Celebration. You know, funny enough, like, I keep forgetting that it's in 2022. Like, for some reason, like, I keep thinking that, oh, it's this year. And I'm just like, shit. Well, that's, it's good that it's not because it wouldn't be. Oh, my God. I know. But I, that's the thing is that you don't even know what's going to happen, like, a year, like, a year and a half from now. Like, it's crazy. It's funny. Um they're building like a like a steakhouse like on like the property of uh the convention center and i'm like i can't wait to go to that steakhouse when it's safe and when we're all here for star Wars celebration like i am going to feast i'm excited is chris fresh coming he's thinking about it i think he should we can all go to the steakhouse together, have a nice have a nice dinner to celebrate celebrate that we are here at Star Wars celebration. Yeah, that'd be it'd be really cool if he 
came out. I mean, even though he dumped me, I still would like to meet him at some point in the future. Well, the 2021 resolution was for you guys to reconcile. And, you know, if Blair and Nate somehow have ended up back together, then I think you and Chris Fresh will. I don't want to be Blair and Nate. Blair and Nate suck. I know. I mean, I I like Blair, but Nate is boring and they are boring together. Are you saying that Chris Fresh is your Chuck Bass? <laughs> I mean, he's not quite that big of a creep, but I think if you look at all the relationships on that show, that would be the most relevant comparison in terms of they just like to needle each other all the time. I love it. Oh, Chris Fresh. I wonder if he's watched Gossip Girl. Probably not. <laughs> uh, speaking of, the, the geek dudes are back from their vacation, and I recommend listening to their latest episode. Yeah, I recommend it too. I was going to listen to it this weekend, but I've been watching so much Gossip Girl, I forget what time it is or where I am or what I'm doing. It just, it's taken over me completely but yeah watch or listen to the geek dudes a bunch of good fun dudes getting together talking about what is it life love and geeky shit love it (laughs) (laughs) and they love elton john and the fire song like they they love this song about uh someone stopping the fire and there's like a bunch of like history there's a bunch of like references in the song for some reason and I'm convinced that this song lasts forever because every episode or they try to, they do like a little snippet where they like try to, they like create these like historical facts or they're like, oh, like this is in reference to this. And this person was this, I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's very interesting. And I feel like I learn a lot when I listen to them. So I mean, literally, the song is just references of shit that happened. Like he's just—it's just a list. He's just naming people and events. So oh. it's going to take a while to break it down. And I love it every time I listen to the fire song. I think of them. How often do you listen to "We Didn't Start the Fire"? Well, sometimes it's on the radio, or sometimes, like every now and then, like someone in the house is like singing singing the chorus, and I'm just like, oh yeah, the fire song. I live in a very musical household. Like, everything is a song. Like, I'm surprised that you don't hear Rusty singing in the hallways when we record. What does he sing? Oh, he just, just anything. Like, we, we put our, like, our pet names into songs. Like, we sing about our cat, Mr. B. I can't think of anything on the spot. But, or Carlos's dog, Big Charlie. Rusty likes to incorporate Big Charlie in a lot of songs or like his little voice for Big Charlie. Like, I I don't know. There's always impersonations or singing going on. It just, it's always, it's a very Disney household. Do you like to make things into songs or? or? I mean, I guess I do sometimes, but not, I mean, generally just sort of wandering around on my own when I'm doing stuff. Yeah. <sighs> well, I don't think we have any more news. I think that's that's pretty much it. 
like I'm trying to think if there's like any other like Star Wars news or any other but I really think that it's just the the open world Star Wars game that's the only news yeah I don't think much is happening right now no interesting well I don't know Emily do you think that's that's it for today I can't think of anything else uh, I don't think we have anything else do we I mean, there's just always stuff going on in the Gossip Girl world, but I think we we covered all that in the beginning. I will say I recorded an episode of Rogue Rebels with our buddy Sal Perales, and when we were, ta- we were talking about the Empire Strikes Back certain point of view book and going through all that, and he's going to be putting that up this week so it'll probably be out by the time our episode drops or if not we'll be dropping shortly so check that out I mean check out their show anyway because it's a lot of fun but but I had a good time talking with him about all the different stories and I think we're going to do another one about the High Republic oh that's so cool Sal's the coolest guy and his family is just like the sweetest like they're just all wonderful people but yeah. Awesome. So, Emily, where can we find you and the podcast on social media? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. The show's on Twitter and Instagram at CantobitePod. And you can send us email to CantobitePod at gmail.com. Where are you, Brittany? I am on Twitter as CantoBrit and Instagram as BrittanyTheGinger. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go. It's time to serenade my girl Lindo. Sorry, the ladies where I had to say no, but if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto. No shame in the game, make even Rogue One seem tame. But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main. Yeah, that's fire. Love on the rocks, leaves the love on my socks. Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked, especially when y'all truly whips out his cock. Canto bite. Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E&B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches all my Canto bitches Start off with my Aussies Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch With Canto bitch number one Josh made it a team And had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream That made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo And throw back some brew Fish tacos and San Fran You know we approve Rebecca from Perth I haven't met you yet Last shout to Fruity Dude I didn't forget 
This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches, all my Canto bitches Rubia and Adele often email the show I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and horse, be it scum and villainy King Tom, Death Watch, the most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time, so I shout a Raj too You know the list ain't complete without lesson, boo this is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches, all my Canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name, don't feel no shame You love the fun, the games, and refresher bangs Hang on every word of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word, maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know, maybe ask the girls if Yaddle squirts Take your CBD, send in your top three, And you'll always be a bitch like me Get him, Eric. Holy shit.